Hey guys, can I get some thumbs up if you can hear me? Yeah, there we go. I'm afraid we're going to do that when we're in person again from the front of the service. Can everyone hear me? Um, Sean, thanks for that introduction. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and to share something that is dear to me and also get to talk about our discipleship school. Kristen, I saw your question in the chat box and we will talk more about what ADS is a little bit later. Um, but I just want to say it's, it's my joy and also a burden on my heart to equip men and women, to equip the saints for ministry and to release you to, to come and have a, a consecrated set apart year and to release you back to minister in your lives, whether that looks like being parents who disciple and minister to your kids well, or whether that looks like uh, being more confident in your workplace to evangelize and to pray for your coworkers or going to be a missionary in India or, or coming on staff, whatever the gamut, whatever it looks like to have you be released as an effective minister in your life. And we do that by getting our hearts transformed before God. And ADS is really a school of heart transformation because if we can allow the Lord to continue to transform our hearts, we're going to be stronger disciplers and we're going to minister more effectively to people. And can I say today in this world, we need that. The world is desperate for people who know Jesus, who know their identity, and can love people well. We're, we're hungry. And in order to do that, we have to have our hearts yielded before God. So will you turn, will you grab your Bibles or grab your phone app to Psalm 139? We're not going to be there now. I just wanted to give you a little prep. We're going to be there in about 10 minutes. Um, we're not going to have slides up because I want to activate you to get in the Bible or to get in your phone app yourself. Um, but first... I've been learning a lot about myself in quarantine, and I'm sure we all are learning quite a bit, um, either the things we like or the things we don't like. I have been uh, learning, God has been showing me that I can get very distracted uh, by things in my life, the problems in my life. You know that saying, uh, you can't see the forest through the trees. And at the same time, I've been battling with floaters in my eyes. Um, it, it feels like I turned, I'm 32 now, but it feels like I turned 30 and all of a sudden, I had these imposters like running across my eyeballs and I, uh, Seth and I get engaged and I say, okay, I can let my crazy out a little bit. Seth, you might think I'm nuts, but I see these things in my eyeballs, these hairs, these floaty things. And he goes, oh no, those are just floaters. They're totally normal. Um, but the point is the last couple of weeks, the Lord has been showing me again as I get distracted by them. Elaine, don't get distracted by the problems. See beyond it. What am I trying to do beyond it? Um, and I was, I was grateful for that reminder about myself. I have also learned that if I get desperate enough, I will cut hair. <laughs> that may or may not be why my husband is bald right now. Um, and <laughs> if I get really desperate, I will cut my own hair, which I did. And I'm sure we can all relate to uh, being a little undergroomed in this season where everything is closed. Uh, so can you think of something right now that you have learned about yourself in this season over the last two months in quarantine? And just hold on to it, uh, because part of what's been missing in this in this virtual world is face-to-face -face connection that we typically have at Antioch Waltham. And uh, just to use ADS, the discipleship school, as a testimony, we've been virtual for two months, and I was a little afraid it would hurt us, it would hurt our connection, but actually, it's really helped us, because in this season, we have so much, what I'll, what I'll say is content, we have anxiety, fear, insecurity, doubt, and we already had this safe community. And so we bring all those things. We bring all this content that quarantine is bringing up in us. And we use it to connect with God and to hear his voice more and to connect with one another. So it's actually really helped us. And one way specifically that has been really helpful is breakout rooms. Uh, we use those to connect in smaller groups. So 
we're going to try that right now. And this might be, uh, this might be interesting, but we're going to do a little experiment uh, because we believe it's going to help us. And at Antioch Waltham, we typically connect right before the message, right? We kick off before with, hey, turn to your neighbor. So bear with us. We're going to do it right now. Very briefly, we're going to break you into breakout rooms so that you can share what have you learned about yourself in this season. It's going to be about three minutes um, and we'll do all the work for you. But if you're right there in your home and you're saying, Elaine, I really don't want to do that. You know what? You just have grace and freedom to stay in the main session. You don't have to accept your invitation. Here's how it's going to work. In just a moment, Richard is going to um, initiate our breakout rooms. And on your screen is going to pop up, accept breakout room. You're automatically going to go to your breakout room. And in just three, three or four minutes, we're going to initiate to bring you back. So we'll do all the work. And, and then we'll come back and we'll start, we'll start the message. Uh, the question again is, what have you learned about yourself recently? Let's be released into these breakout rooms. Okay, if you were encouraged by that individual connect time, could you go to the chat box right now and just give us a woohoo or, or what you were encouraged by? Um, we are grateful we got to try that, try something new as a way to connect. Um, and I'm assuming everyone can hear me okay because I'm getting thumbs up. Love it. Awesome. Um, before I move into the message, we're about to get there and it's going to be good. Promise. Um, we, I, wanna, I want one more person to share with you what they have learned about themselves and God in this past season. I'm going to invite Pierce Van Dunk to share a testimony about his year in ADS. I've been reading some of the questions in the comment box, and it sounds like we have questions about ADS. So, so let me have someone who just went through it. Pierce was one of our 11 Antioch Waltham students this past year who said yes to a year of heart transformation, uh, more knowledge about God, getting in the Bible. Uh, and so he's going he's gonna to share and then I will jump into our message. Pierce, go ahead. Thanks, Elaine. Can I have a thumbs up if people can hear me? Yes. Awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm so honored to, to be before you guys again. I, I really enjoyed having that little breakout time just to connect with a few people. It's been a while since I've seen in person. So it's just a huge blessing to be a part of this community, uh, this Antioch community where we can, you know, not just come before each other and, and read the Bible and, and go home, but we, we have relationship with one another. And that, that's a huge part of what ADS is about, uh, is, is forming relationships with one another and deepening our relationship with God. I first came to Antioch a little over three years ago, and not long after I arrived, I started to consider being a part of the discipleship school. Uh, for those of you who, uh, who were here long enough to know Phil and Les Masterson, I remember them jumping on stage and getting everybody pumped uh, about ADS, and I was right there cheering with everybody. But when I sat down to count the cost, I was wondering, is it really worth it for me? I had already studied the Bible and theologically, theology academically, and I had already been doing ministry professionally. Would a training school like this one benefit? I knew ADS would be a big commitment in both time and effort, and I got a full-time job and two young kids. Did I have enough leftover energy and time to, to make this work? So after praying on it with my wife, Tulia, I felt God give me a clear sense that he would shape me through this year of discipleship. I felt him calling me to go for it. I wish I could say I went into the year with full faith and excitement, but the truth is I was scared. Scared that my young family wouldn't see enough of me because of my busy schedule. Scared that the financial commitment would prove too burdensome. Scared that the, the work would be too much for me and my family, or for me to complete. In reality, I was scared that God wouldn't sustain me. 
Over the course of the year, God wrenched away the fears I was holding so tightly, plucking away my fingers one by one until I let go and trusted him. What I gained from ADS proved to be more than worth the effort. Our numerous guest teachers gave me plenty of new valuable insights, such as when Danny Pierce, for those of you who know Danny, uh, when he taught Bible surveys and gave great detail on things like the intricacies of King David's family tree, so many things I didn't even realize when I first studied those passages. More than a mental exercise, I got to practice seeking God deeply alongside my incredible classmates and our leaders, Elaine, Seth, and Jen. Together we fasted, prayed, affirmed and challenged one another, and allowed the Holy Spirit to delight our souls. The discipleship school gave me a download of Antioch DNA that I had services in life groups. The movement's history of powerful spiritual encounters, its focus on missions, and its commitment to disaster relief and combating injustices like sex trafficking made me proud to be a part of Antioch. The school also gave me an opportunity to form deep relationships with like-minded people of faith. God shaped my character through these relationships, humbling me in areas where I was prideful and exalting me in places where I felt insecure. Despite how I doubted him, God sustained me in the place that he had called me. This past year has been very busy and there were stressful times when I felt like I wasn't home enough. But every time me and my family called out to God, he met us and gave us peace. We somehow managed to balance our busy schedules and have some sweet family time. Uh, our finances were completely secure at all times. I didn't meet all the ADS requirements perfectly, but God also taught me this year that I, I don't have to be perfect to please him. As always, God has been faithful to fulfill his promises to me. He called me into a year of discipleship to stretch me and make me grow. I look forward to seeing how God uses what he has planted in me through ADS. Thank you guys, God bless everybody. Thanks, Pierce. It's been such an honor to have you in class this year, and we are going to miss you. But I'm excited for the church to get more face time with you and for you and Tulia and your family to be more involved this next year. Thanks for sharing. All right, everybody. So some things like this we notice about ourselves, right? Other things uh, we need other people to point out in us, going back to the what have you learned about yourself? Um, Pierce just shared with us what he has learned about himself and God in this past season. But sometimes we need to go deeper uh, to find the answers we're looking for. Um, and I, I just believe the time is now to engage God in the midst of this trial, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of all the, the pressure and heat. The it's like the volume has been turned up on our lives this year, which is kind of what ADS is. It's, it's a year of, of turning up the volume and the heat to go closer to God and closer to people. Um, but the time is now church to let God transform our hearts in the midst of this crisis. And that's what we're going to get at today. So the question I have for us is what if we embraced trials and allowed them to be agents of grace and transformation in our lives? And, and the picture that I've been working with, or it's more of a motion than a picture is what if when we experience a trial, you name it, Instead of leaning back from the trial, I mean, how many times in COVID have you said, I'm just done, I'm sick of it, I'm ready for it to be over? And yes, we're all thinking that, but how many times have you leaned back and, and perhaps um, apathy or anxiety or, or just frustration? What if instead we leaned in and we said, God, what do you want to do in me? Search me and know me. God, is, is there any type of blessing that you're wanting to give me in the midst of this trial? Is there anything you're wanting to strengthen in me? You're wanting to speak to my heart? What if instead of shying back, we lean forward? 
And I want to exhort us this morning in this concept, reminding us that God's grace can transform hard times that we're having into catalysts of intimacy in our lives. Um, and the time is now. <laughs> that was a prophetic word over our movement, Antioch, um, Antioch as a whole. The time is now in 2020. And I would say the time is now to learn how to engage a crisis, to engage a trial in our lives and how to deal with it. So Lord, would, would, would the words I say be yours, God? Um, as I'm speaking, God, I ask that you would just powerfully um, speak to the people on this call right now, God, in the areas of their lives and the areas of their hearts that you're wanting to strengthen, God. We thank you for the hope to which we have been called to connect with you and to connect with people greatly. And I just trust you with this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So this topic, you're going to hear my passion because this topic is dear to me. It's transformed my life. And so I want to exhort us this morning as the Lord has exhorted and challenged me, but I want to do it in humility because I'm still very, very much learning how to do this. And it's not, it's, it's not always something I get excited to do, um, but it's good. And I, and, uh, I know I see the value in it, how important it is. So this morning I'm going to share in confidence, knowing that I still have a lot of work to do on this. And I'm going to share with you the things that have worked for me, the things that God has shared, showed with me on how to uh, allow a trial to become a, a potential blessing in your life. For many years, I ran from pain and loss and anger. Like Sean said, I, I was in addiction for multiple years before I really got to know the person of Jesus. And I realized in that time, it, more so uh, the last several years in recovery, um, that I, I never need to waste a trial. It's one of the truths I now live by because trials have this interesting way if we allow them to strengthen us. And, and if we allow them not, not to break us down, but to, to empower us. And again, I never need to waste a trial. I've learned that I, I never, I no longer need to live in this place of woe is me. Um, oh, I, I'm hurt. I'm, you know, it's almost like keeping myself down. Yes. Look at hurt. Yes. Look at circumstances, but I can actually go to the Lord um, and be, be empowered in the midst of it. I never need to be a victim of my heart attitude or my frustration or my anxiety. I've learned that I need to lean in to God instead of pulling back. And so two examples I'll share with you. Um, one is, so Seth and I were recently married. We just celebrated our 10 month anniversary and we're in the middle of quarantine. Just an interesting thing to be newly married and to be in the middle of a quarantine, getting to know one another in a, a more intense way. It's been a blessing. It's also just been very interesting. And I have learned about Seth that his example of a perfect night off, not a date night, but a night off is you finish work, you do the dishes, you clean, you chill and connect a little bit, you read and you go to bed. But my example of a perfect night is we finish work, we have like a 30 minute long hug and then we hug again and then we hug again and then we go to bed. And so you can imagine, I'm sure you can imagine there's this repeated conflict of, of needs and desires and um, opinions and I have learned about him that he needs to know that I am eager to partner with him and to do the things that are important to him. And I have learned that I need to know that he will stop what he's doing to hug me and pursue me because I'd like to, I want to, it's important to me that I feel pursued and loved. Um, but you imagine, you can also imagine that as, as a friend of mine says, you get stuck at Blaine station waiting for the bitter bus, um, not seeing the other person, not seeing what God would have you do in the circumstance. Uh, which doesn't help us get our needs met or see the other person. And so, but what if instead we turned and, and didn't get held back from doing the very thing we should do, which is 
God, what are you wanting me to do? God, how can I love this person? And we did that instead. And the, the point is, if we pursue God and lean into God and get his, get his understanding and also clarify expectations with our loved ones and our friends, uh, our perceptions of our, of our struggles change. Uh, the other example I'll share with you is, uh, um, so I, as I sat in the heart of addiction, just very, very low in the heart of addiction, uh, my dad got cancer, uh, a cancer that uh, killed him in a year. It was, you know, from diagnosis to, to him going to be with Jesus. And um, my dad loved, he loved Jesus. And one of my favorite memories of my dad is his morning Starbucks trips. He would go and be at Starbucks at 545 every morning um, before the door even opened to order his, um, I wrote the drink down, his uh, venti extra hot, no foam, three pump chai latte with an extra cup. I would actually go into Starbucks and order his drink and they would know exactly who I was. I was the daughter of Bob because of his drink. Um, and he would just go and he would pray and he would go and say, God, who do you want me to meet? Who am I supposed to pray for? Who am I supposed to talk to? He loved talking to strangers. We have that in common. Uh, needless to say, guys, the year that he passed, that was just awful. It was just awful for our whole family. Um, it was traumatic. But can I tell you something? In the midst of that, when my dad died, something broke in me. And all of the times of him saying, you know, life is too short. He would say that a lot. Life is too short. You know, uh, uh, you need to be healthy. Um, that, and then all of his prayers and my mom's prayers, it's like something clicked in me and I broke and I realized, and I started to think, I really do need to get well. Life is too short. And two years after he died, I celebrated two years sober. And I was actually in ADS. I was in the discipleship school at the moment learning more about God's plan for my life and more about his extravagant love in my life, in our lives. And at that moment, it dawned on me in the midst of something so terrible, in the midst of my father dying, God's grace had this way of transforming the situation and actually released me into life. Many things helped me recover and helped me um, really know Jesus, 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 Jesus <laughs> is the reason. Uh, community, discipleship, um, being challenged and affirmed, being encouraged, but something about that awful situation, there was transforming grace in it that released me to life. And what recovery has taught me, what my, what my relationship with Jesus has taught me is I never need to waste a trial. We never need to waste a trial. So how? Um, this is where I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalm 139. So if you grab your Bibles, grab your phones, we're going to be in Psalm 139. And as I read this, because I'm actually going to read the whole psalm, it's time well spent. Um, I, I'm going to read a portion, and then I'm going to read a little summary. It's a helpful way that I find to engage God is I'll, I'll go through a portion of scripture, and then I'll get a commentary, and I'll pray and get a summary, and I'll write it next to it. It's also a really helpful way to memorize scripture, which is something else we do in the discipleship school. <laughs> we write scripture on our hearts because God tells us to, and it is good that we meditate on the word of God. And as I read this, I'd like you to pull these truths from Psalm 139. He loves me. He is God. He can be trusted. Again, he loves me. He is God. He can be trusted. Will you say that out loud with me in your homes? He loves me. He is God. He can be trusted. Awesome. 
All right, so I'm gonna read this for us. So I'm 139, Albion and LT, but you can use whatever, whatever you like. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. I don't surprise you, God. Verse three, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You, God, are all-knowing. Verse 5, you go before me and follow me. Wow. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. You are for me. Verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell on the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. I cannot outrun you, God. Even in the hardest places, you set me up for success because you set me up for faithfulness to you, God. Verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven, woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. And I wrote, you, period, no, period, me, period. How precious are your thoughts about me? We're in verse 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They cannot be numbered. I cannot, uh, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And then I wake up, and when I wake up, you are still with me because you love me. Verse 19. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. I will not hold back from you, God. I will defend you and stand against spiritual forces of evil in this world. And then verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And my summary for that was prune me father. And it's in those last two verses, verses 23 and 24, that we're going to be spending the rest of our time this morning. Um, and my computer, my notes just froze. Um, and, and so what's important, why I wanted to read the whole psalm is because if we don't know and remember and realize that he is that he loves us, that he is God, and that he can be trusted. It's going to be hard to move into a place where we bring our heart before God and want to hear from him and trust what he has to say. So remembering that, that he loves me, he is God, and he can be trusted. We can move forward remembering that he wants to search us and know us. He wants us to become aware of what's going on in our hearts in the midst of a trial. And always, um, he wants to search us and know us, to sanctify us for our good. And we can trust him because he's God. And because he's good. Amen. Amen from the homes. I see it. Love it. So today in the midst of 
COVID in May, 2020, there is something that you're struggling with. There is something in your life. It could be loss of a job, conflict at home. It could be your dishwasher broke. It, it could be any issue that you think is seemingly small or seemingly large. And I'll say it again. I've noticed that our trials are just a prime way where God can strengthen us if we allow him to, and if we get desperate for him. And I will declare, church, we are desperate for God. I see it in our hearts. I see it in our worship. We are desperate for God. So how do we tend our hearts and deal with those, deal with those weeds or those distractions, the floaties, my darn floaties, and other unhelpful, other unhelpful just plants that kind of um, grow up in our hearts that distract us from others and from dealing with our problems the best we can. And I don't suggest, I will just pause for one quick second. I don't suggest we ignore the practicals of our problems. I love practicals. One of my favorite things is when someone has a problem, uh, to be able to say, okay, there's a problem. What, who's the team? What needs to happen? How do we give this, how do we give this new project legs and make it walk? How do we make this happen? But I think what we don't often know how to do is deal with our hearts in a trial. So the first thing I've learned, and to help me with this, can you imagine that, that struggle? A few moments ago when I said there's something you're struggling with. To help me land this illustration, it's going to be helpful if you just put that in your hand and look at it. The first thing I've learned to do in a struggle is to slow down when I feel stress. I've learned that there's this moment when I'm struggling with an issue um, where I either can pull back in frustration or anxiety, or I can lean in. And sometimes I lean in with control, wanting to fix it. And other times I lean in saying, God, help me. What do you want to, what do you want to show me? What do you want me to do in my heart right now? What do I need? There's this moment where I stop and I say, God, something's not right here. I need help. And this, guys, any struggle. Oh, what if we did this with everything? What if we did this with every problem in our life? Guys, we would be so victorious. So um, I stop right there and I just let him speak to my heart. And, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to stop and we're going to let him speak to our hearts about how he can grow us because if there's one line you take away from today, please take this because we can lean into God and his grace will transform our hearts through our trials. We can lean into God and his grace will transform our hearts through our trials. So these three things I've learned to do, ready? It's one is ask, search me, Lord, and know me. Come with, come knowing that he can be trusted and ask, search me, Lord, and know me. Two, be humble towards what he's showing you. And three, remember or learn a transformative truth. So we ask one. So search me, Lord, and know me. We pause. Thank you, Seth, for posting those questions there. We pause and we go be with God and we say, here I am, like Samuel did. Here I am, Lord. And we listen to what's going on because four to five times, church, we bring so much extra junk to our problems. Um, back to my example of the Russo's ideal chill night, right? Um, Seth is wired towards tasking. I am wired more towards relational connecting. And so it's easy for me to assume, oh, Seth just doesn't value connection. Oh, okay. He just doesn't want that. When really what's happening, if I clarify with him, his grid just says, let's just get the work done so we can connect. And, uh, but my assumptions can get me in trouble there. So I clarify, I get with him. We get that stuff out of the way. We get anything to, we need to clarify or forgive out of the way. And then you get aware of what you're thinking or feeling. This is part of search me, Lord, and know me. So you get a journal, you get a friend, get on the phone, get with God and ask, Lord, what's going on in my heart? 
what's happening. And to bring you deeper into that example, um, recently, when I brought that to the Lord, Lord, how come, you know, I want more hugs. I, I, I want, I want, I need, I need. And our grids are just so different, Seth and I. And he said, Elaine, you're feeling extra needy right now. Why? Like, and so I just go back to God. Why? Like that is, that is frustrating for me. Why do I feel extra needy? And you guys, his grace is so beautiful. He just reminded me the world's in pandemic. Like there's so much happening right now. The heat is turned up. We have so much extra content, all these, all these extra things that could be hard. We're in our homes with the same people all day long, the world and the world's in pandemic. So God, what are you doing? That's that last piece of search me and know me, God, what do you want to do in me? And there's a second, guys, the second that we engage that question and say, God, what are you wanting to do in me? What are you wanting to teach me? Is the second we engage thankfulness. And when we engage thankfulness in saying, search me, God, and know me, and we lean in and we move away from this denial and apathy and press in and asking God, what revelation might you want to give me? What hope might there be in this? Whoa, there's a grace in that. There's, it transforms the situation when we don't clinch back, but we lean in forward towards him. Thankfulness transforms that process of search me, God, and know me. God, what is it? And then two, we, we, we're humble towards what he's showing you. Be humble towards what he's showing you. So in that same example, and, and but let me just say, um, your example could be so different than mine. Please don't lay mine on your life. It could not even be about something with a spouse or at home or have to do with people in, at all. Don't lay mine on it. But if it's helpful for you and you're relating, awesome. But, but let this apply to your example. Or maybe you've thought of another one. So I go, be humble towards what he's showing you. And so I go, God, ugh, I feel so needy right now. God, but I, I need some truths. Lord, what, what else are you wanting to show me? And he's, he tells me, Elaine, the truth is that you and Seth need each other. You need to meet each other's needs. But the truth is you need to come to me to meet your needs first. You need to come to me first. Because if I don't go to God first, and if we, church, don't go to God first to get our needs met, we're either going to take from people, we're going to demand from people, we're going to put unhealthy expectations on people. And it's idolatry. And he says, he said, Elaine, be ready and be desperate for me. Okay. All right, Lord. So you've just showed me that I need to be desperate for you. Amen, Ben. Love that. Amen in the chat box. I need to be desperate for you. I need to be ready to be desperate for you. And I need you to meet my comfort needs. Okay. Weeping. <laughs> okay. I can do that. God, how can, how can I be humble towards that? Because humility is acting, right? Humility is, it's a, well, it's a heart posture. Yes, but it's, it's being willing to hear and obey. Okay, how can I do that? And I can, I can be active to get in the word more. So upping my quiet times. I've needed more time with God. I've needed more time in the word. I've needed uh, hearing from him more. It's just a need. I'm extra needy and I can go to him and he's, he's going to meet that need. And so I can do that. I can go get in the word. I can journal. I can hear his voice and I need to make more time to pray. We need to make more time to pray. If I'm feeling extra needy and more connection with him, I can pray more. Hallelujah. Okay. I can be humble towards that. And then number three, we remember a transformative truth. And if you can get it specific for that struggle, um, that that's the best it is. And you'll actually end up with a repertoire because you'll, you'll know some of your, uh, you'll know some, you know, common lies or common things you struggle with. And there's always like 
you know, multiple that we just always kind of have for our lives, but you'll have a transformative truth for that struggle. So you can speak the truth to it. And so I went to God and, because uh, knowing, knowing what's wrong is not enough. We can't just know what the struggle was. We have to remember a transformative truth for it. And so you get in the Bible and you hear the voice of God and you get a truth and yours, yours will be different. But mine were Isaiah 41, 10, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. He's going to help me. He's going to help me through this crisis. He's going to help me as I navigate a new marriage. He's going to help me to meet my needs, to meet my comfort needs. And the truth is also another transformative truth is if I don't get filled by God and I'm not getting desperate for him, I will get desperate for other things. I, it's just who we are. If we're not desperate in one area, we're going to go to another. And then I said, but then I say, of course, cause I'm like, why, why God and ask him, keep asking him questions. God, why remind me again, why I'm doing this. And that's when he shared probably the, the core deepest truth about why we do this process, which is Elaine, you're worth it. You're worth being filled with the truth. You are worth my, um, discipline. You're worth the cross to me. You are worth getting in community. You are worth getting in my word that you're worth that time. And God is most definitely worth my time and my sacrifice, seeming sacrifice. He is worth that. And I will say this, just to, just to note about this process can just be really hard in the beginning when we have a struggle to pause and to do these three things. Um, and if we have, if we are begrudgingly doing this, if we're like, Oh, I have to do this. When I find myself in that place, I've realized that I have forgotten his tenderness because it's his tenderness that brings me back to him. It's his tenderness that leads me to repentance. It's his kindness. And so when I can remember that he's tender towards me, I'm way more likely to go towards him to receive truth and to humble myself before him and to say, search me, God, know me. I need help. And the time is now, right now, to get desperate for God and to let his grace transform our trials. I mean, what if we left this, this whole odd virtual with this world that we're in right now, what if we left it strengthened in our hearts, knowing how to overcome a trial or knowing how to let a trial, not just be about the trial, but let it be a catalyst of intimacy. I want that. I, I want that for our church. I want that for me. So whether you are, and, and, and that's ironically enough, that's what training school is. It's, it's a year of turning up the heat right? On your time, on your relationships, finances, um, readings, getting in the word a lot, uh, learning things, learning a lot of relationships, like learning how to do healthy relationship. You turn up the heat and you learn how to go to God and connect with people in the midst of a trial so that when you end training school, you're like, life's a breeze now. <laughs> I just did all this. I can do anything. It's really not as hard as it seems. It's actually very, it's actually very fun. It's really fun. You have a lot of laughs. So I hope, I hope that you see in this, whether you, you think your problem is low grade or high grade, this is useful. We don't have to lean back and disengage. We can actually lean forward because we can lean into God and his grace will transform our trials. We can lean into God and his grace will transform our hearts through our trials. And we do that by saying, search me, Lord, and know me. Know it. Go, in, go to Psalm 139. Get in the word. Get in all the word and remember that he's good. He's God and he can be trusted. And from that place, he's wanting to sanctify my heart. And so I'm worth it to press into God and to ask questions and to hear his truth and then to live by it. Woo. 
And then believe it or not, it actually becomes enjoyable because it's liberating. It's liberating to realize I'm not a victim of my anxieties. I'm not a victim of my struggles and my conflicts, my heart issues. Uh, Craig Groeschel, I just heard this recently. He has a quote and he says, my life is too short and my calling too great to live with offense. I want to extend that over us and say, your life is too short and you're calling too great to live without a transformed heart. To live without a heart yielded to God. Your life is too short and your calling is too great. And I just think there's this grace extended over us in the midst of this trial to transform our hearts because what else has God after but a yielded heart, right? But a yielded, submitted heart to him. And that's what he's going to use in your, in your workplaces, in your families. That's what he's going to use in your marriage, to your kids. That's what he's going to use um, for some of us who are going to go plant churches, be missionaries. He's, he needs a yielded heart. And that's his, that's his prize is our hearts. So uh, we are going to go into just a really brief response time here. Christopher is going to play a part from a song, Sea of Victory. It's one of our ADS anthems. We have worshipped through it multiple times throughout the year. And uh, what I invite you to do is respond in two ways. This, this response time will be rather short, so you can start it now and finish it later. You can either do one of two things. If you're ready with that struggle, let's activate you now. Get a journal, get a pen, and ask God those three questions. Worship by hearing him. Or if you're not ready, then I just invite you to just pause on that. Just wait and worship him as a tender God. Worship him as a God who loves you. And remember the tenderness and just get your heart into that place first, because it's out of that place that you will be able to engage with those questions. Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy turn it for good you turn it for good I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you Lord I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see your victory for this battle
today, what if we stayed in this place? What if we stayed with this heart attitude and this engagement with God? And hopefully you are just feeling by the power of the spirit in your homes. And we stayed yielded and just waiting. God, what do you want to just show me in every, in everything? And I just want to end us here with just a very clear pitch for ADS because we are accepting applications for the Antioch Discipleship School of Transformation for next year. Applications, the deadline's July 20th, so you have time. But the time is now to be discipled in a fresh way. The time is now to be discipled well. The, dis- the time is now to, to read through the whole Bible. The time is now to understand God's heart, to get, to get in the word. The time is now to learn how to love people really well. And the time is now to break through the heart issues that just hold us back and to say, okay, God, I'll give you some time. I'll give you nine months while I'm working full time, like made to be done part-time. Is the time now for you? Is this your time? And you remember the survey we took a few weeks ago? It was, uh, it was the five core things that ADS does. It was intimacy with God, biblical understanding, personal wholeness, healthy relationships, and evangelism. And we gave you a survey and said, if you could pick one to work on this next year, what would it be? And uh, it was a tie, exactly a tie between intimacy with God and personal wholeness, which is interesting because those are the two top things. You were, If you were to um, organize those top to bottom, those are the two top things that ADS hits. It's intimacy with God and personal wholeness. And what if you had not just one goal? What if you had all five and, and more? So please be praying about it. And if right now you're stirred, I just I challenge you to go to the website, go to our Antioch Waltham website, equipping tab. I'm going I'm to put up a slide in just a moment and just read about it, read about it and, and ask God, is this the year? God, am I saying yes to you? Don't discount yourself. Okay. You may be busy, your family. This is, we have adjusted it to be, to be made, to be better engaged with, um, no matter your life circumstance. So um, this is also not the be all end all. The goal is not like you haven't succeeded if you've done ADS and failed if you haven't, but it is a really interesting and engaging opportunity. And we want, we, it's, it's one of our, one of our hopes actually written in our guidelines is we hope that every member, every long-term member of Antioch has the opportunity to go through this discipleship school because we want to be people who are wholehearted and go and love people and make wholehearted disciples. So I'm going to invite Seth in to pray for us and I'm going to put up a slide and uh, we're going to end service that way. Um, so good to be here with you this morning. Uh, we care for you very much. And uh, Seth, will you pray for us and any future, yeah. future students we got? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for an awesome message there. Um, yeah, Lord, we just thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for the message in um, Elaine's word this morning, God. And just ask, Lord, that you would teach us how to step out of our own way. Lord, that we constantly get in our own way, and our own mess, Lord, and just ask, um, Lord, that you would clear the path, clear the path through, that we could see directly to you, Lord God, and and learn and grow and experience with you, Jesus, so that our lives can be further transformed through your goodness and your grace. Uh, Father, we also thank you this morning for the potential students um, in the future, God, whether it's this year um, coming up or a year into the future, God, we just thank you for the way that you're speaking to your sons and daughters, God, and that you are you are equipping people, God, for good work. You are equipping people for kingdom work. And Lord, we thank you for um, just that percolating interest in potential future students, God, and just ask if this is the year, Lord, that you would gently nudge people um, in the direction to say yes. Um, going back to like what Pierce said, and 
there's a lot of fear and uncertainty that comes with this, but it is so good. It's an opportunity for us to really, really grab hold of your truth and trust in you, God, and to, and to really see that play out over the course of the year. So we thank you um, time and time again, Lord. Um, we love you. We love you. We love our church. In Jesus' name, amen.